Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Whew. All right, I might have just made uh, Paul Perot hyperventilate. Because it, it might have taken. <laughs> she it goes to get coffee, t- and it's like I'm hearing nothing. <laughs> well, it's because and- <laughs> I had to make a cup of coffee, which takes a minute. I'm so sorry. I'm back. I'm back. Good okay. morning. <laughs> Good, Good morning. morning. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to the second hour of Mornings with Carmen. During the first hour, you would have learned that I had a bit of a coffee mishap this morning, and Paul graciously allowed me to go between hours to get a cup of coffee. And let's just say, yeah, it's just it just took a little longer than it's, it should. It's have. not my <clears throat> choice. You're the one in charge here. It's that's not the oh, issue. It's my just goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into some of the headlines of the day and see if we can bring the mind of Christ to bear. That's what we do here on Mornings with Carmen. If you're new with us. Um, welcome, 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 welcome. We are seeking to um, be equipped as Christians to walk our faith out into the world that God so loves and to do so in ways that honor Jesus. So we um, we take seriously what's going on in the world, and then we seriously apply the mind of Christ to those matters. Um, and so right now, pretty much across all, um, you know, all media outlets, uh, we just have these series of horrific mass shootings in California. Over the over the past eight days, California has um, endured three um, of these mass casualty events. On January the 16th, we talked about the story where the teenage mother and her baby were among six people killed in a shooting um, in California's Central Valley. Um, those responsible still at large, but described as being related to a Mexican drug cartel. And then there was the attack on um, uh, at a Lunar New Year celebration in Monterey Park, California, that killed 11 people, including the shooter, who was a 17, oh, 17, 72-year-old um, Vietnamese dance instructor. He took his own life when authorities stopped him for a traffic violation hours after the um, event. Um, and then yesterday in Half Moon Bay, a 67-year-old agricultural worker is um, the only suspect in the killing of seven people at two different agricultural businesses in um, in the Half Moon Bay, Half Moon Bay um, region of Northern California. And you say to yourself, "Okay, these are not um, things being done by these are not, these are not shootings, um, you know, where you got these you know frustrated young white men, which tends to be the narrative." Um, But whatever the motives, whatever the motives, these people took the lives of other people. And while I understand the temptation to point to guns as the problem, um, there there are just a cascading list of failures here and struggles and challenges. Um, And at at the bottom of all of it is the failure to value life. It's the failure to value life. Cain did not require a gun to slay Abel. 
Um, and while I think that the gun conversation is a really important conversation for us to have, I think the loneliness conversation and the anger conversation and the poverty conversation and the addiction conversation, uh, the violence conversation, these are conversations we have to be having. Why is it that we imagine ourselves to hold the gift of another person's life in our human hands? January the 22nd was National Sanctity of Human Life Sunday in America. The March for Life was held on Friday in our nation's capital and in states across the country. What does it mean to you to consider human life sacred? And how can that conversation influence or change the conversation about violence and hate and terror and the future into which we are now all walking together? Are you prepared to have a pro-life conversation today about the sanctity of human life? Chelsea Sobolik is the Senior Director of Policy and Advocacy for Lifeline Children's Services. She has been um, an active voice on this topic in Washington, D.C. for a number of years, and she joins us next. We are... Joining us now, Chelsea Sobolik. She is the Senior Director of Policy and Advocacy for Lifeline Children's Services. She's based in Washington, D.C. Chelsea, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much. Can you help us have this like whole life, pro-life conversation? When when somebody thinks of themselves as pro-life or describes themselves as pro-life, um, help me have a conversation with that individual about whole life, pro-life advocacy. Yeah, you know, traditionally, I think when someone identifies themselves as pro-life, what they mean by that is I'm um, against abortion. We want to protect the pre-born children in the womb. And while, you know, I certainly have that desire, I am pro-life. I think all of us who identify as pro-life, who call ourselves pro-life, who work to um, end the massacre of uh, millions and millions of children would, would say that about ourselves. But um, scripture, I think, really gives us a, a more holistic um, picture of what it means to be holistically pro-life. So we not only care for the children in the womb, we care for their moms, we care for their dads, we care for families. Uh, we care for other issues um, impacting vulnerable peoples, um, you know, domestically and abroad. And of course, we can't do all things, we can't be all things to all people. But I think that framework should be in our hearts and minds and and lips as we are thinking through and speaking about what it means to be holistically pro-life. So um, I I think that like you and I can say that and we can say holistically pro-life and then we don't really know how to answer the criticisms when they come and they justifiably come. Um, You know, when people are like, Christians only care about, you know, uh, about babies before they're born, but they don't care about single moms or they don't care about, um, you know, people who are struggling to make ends meet um, later in life. Can you talk with us about some of the 
whole life or holistic pro-life efforts you're aware of that do address, um, you know, issues like being a single mom or being an older adult who needs support? You're exactly right, Carmen. I think for a long time, um, the kind of traditional pro-life movement um, that we we did get that criticism. Um, you and I know that there are thousands and thousands of people serving around the country and around the world who whose face will never be, um, at, you know, will never know their face or n- know their name. And they've been quietly serving. That being said, there is more need now that um, Roe has been reversed for Christians to step up and care for vulnerable uh, women, children, and families. Um, so while I think that work has existed for for decades, and I've I've seen it, you know, Lifeline Children's Services was started over 40 years ago as a ministry to women, to helping women, um, and our ministry has grown out. You know, we have many many different ways we serve uh, vulnerable women. Um, there, there, the reality is there's even more need, and there's there's so many vulnerable populations. So a couple of things I've seen um, at a, on a policy level, and then. I'll drill down a little bit more, but I have seen, um, you know, members like Senator Rubio, who has introduced um, a a holistic life framework policy or um, some policies be introduced that go a little bit more upstream to to help um, meet some of the the needs of women um, and help um, help them, um, you know, before they give birth and then after um, some supports. But you know, I think even more important than that, I have worked in government my whole career, or government and, and public policy my whole career. I think it absolutely has a role to play. However, the local church is really um, vital in these conversations because the local church can be where government can't and shouldn't be. There are local churches in every community, and we are able, you know, local committed bodies of believers are able to wrap around a woman, a child, a family, and provide long-term support in ways that the government can't and and frankly shouldn't be shouldn't be in that space. So I want to talk with you about um making medical care um for women having babies, like so making childbirth free. I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, I know there are some pros and cons related to that conversation. Um, we're going to continue talking with Chelsea Sobolik. Um, She is working with Lifeline Children's Services, but she's been a part of the holistic pro-life conversation here in America for a number of years. So let me ask this question. Do you think there would be fewer abortions if childbirth were free? Do you think that's a prohibiting factor or a contributing factor um, for women choosing to either have or not have their children. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Maybe you're thinking in this new year you'd like to change the world. Well, you can start by changing the world for one child. We're partnering with One Child Again, and you can sponsor a child now at MyFaithRadio.com. What happens when you sponsor a child through One Child? Well, you're going to be linked to a boy or a girl who lives in a country other than your own. Uh, and you're going to help supply for their tangible needs. Yes, they're going to receive the gospel of Jesus, but they're also going to receive educational assistance, supplemental food, clothing, healthcare services, and opportunities for love, friendship, and encouragement. The cost is just $39 a month, and you can sponsor a child right now at MyFaithRadio.com. So if you want to change the world this year, why don't you start by changing the world for one child? Sponsor a child today at MyFaithRadio.com.
We're talking with Chelsea Sobolik. She works with Lifeline Children's Services in Washington, D.C. Um, all right. So maybe read us in on this conversation that's happening across the country. Um, this idea that if childbirth were free, it would reduce the number of abortions in America. So uh, recently, Americans United for Life, uh, which is a, a policy advocacy group here in Washington, D.C., um, their president, uh, Catherine Glenn Foster, is absolutely <laughs> incredible. So Americans United for Life and uh, Democrats for Life um, issued a white paper discussing um, what it would look like to make childbirth free here in the U.S., um, so a couple of reflections. Um, number one, I love the creativity. I am so thankful um, that, you know, those more traditional pro-life groups are taking a couple steps back and figuring out ways to, um, you know, ways to care for women um, that are beyond passing legislation to protect the preborn. A, a couple things, you know, I think government can address issues that contribute to you know skyrocketing costs of medical care um there but there's no such thing at the end of the day as a, a free lunch um you know making birth free um there, there's no such thing as actual free care here in the us um you know there's countries of you know around the world that that have that the second thing i would say is um I, again i appreciate the intent Medicaid already covers birth costs for most low-income women. Um, and I think the stat they cited in that white paper was about 42% of, of births um, are covered under Medicaid. So Medicaid already covers birth costs for low-income women and those with more economic means. The cost of birth is not is not what they cite as um as something preventing them from from parenting or from having their child. Um they, you know. They have cited financial reasons, but more specifically, the cost of birth isn't isn't one of those. So, I'm I'm wary of the government being the answer to to, to anything. Um, and again, drilling down a little bit here, I again I appreciate the intent, but um, again, Medicaid covers a, a, quite a lot of women, and, and for those that it doesn't cover, this is not the reason that they've given. So. Again, looking for ways, I think, from my perspective, um, for um, the church. And, and again, there's other policies that we, I think, can have good conversations on. And I think the pro-life movement should be having these these conversations. But looking at, you know, maybe more targeted policies to, to help women or even more targeted policies to address the cost of medical care. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, again, the, the local church can help provide not only financial support or getting women um, and families connected to uh, local NGOs that would help provide that financial support. We know as Christians that um, meeting financial and material needs is not our only need. Um, a lot of these these people have deep, deep relational needs. Um, you know, I think we all know uh, COVID has exposed how lonely many of us feel. Um, and so the church can come in and help provide you know, find financial needs, but also meet uh, relational needs and uh, spiritual needs. So, again, to be holistically pro-life, we need to look at the totality of a person. And a person has needs, certainly financial and material, and we absolutely want to meet those. But but a, a person also has 
relational and spiritual needs, and we want to help meet those as well. All right. So I want to um, have you share with us um, about a new, I mean, I'm going to call it an organization, but maybe it's a collection of organizations. Um, you know, you historically came to us because we're friends through the ERLC, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist um, Church. Stand for Life is something that, um, you know, we've talked about in the past. Now it has more of a of an organizational life of its own. Can you just introduce us to what's going on? Absolutely. So um, this uh, this work was housed under the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for a long, uh, a se- several years, uh, but it has become its own nonprofit. And it was founded by Lauren Green McAfee um, and Elizabeth Graham, who was formerly uh, with the ERLC, is now... Um, now running the organization. So I, they are a collective of uh, groups working to end, um, end abortion um, and make it make it unthinkable. So they're really trying to equip the church um, to address this uh, this issue of abortion in their churches and, and work collectively and together to, um, again, make, make abortion unthinkable. So if a woman you know, is in a community and cites financial reasons for why she's having an abortion. They want to equip the, the local churches to be able to come meet her um, so that, you know, she she never feels like abortion is her only option. So uh, they hosted some um, events uh, this past week uh, in D.C. around the March for Life. Um, and I know uh, they will be releasing content and have quite a lot planned for this uh, this next year. Yeah, and so um, I'm I'm excited about this. I think that when we work together, right? Uh, you know, all of us working, striving together as one, um, is a really very positive way forward and good demonstration um, for others as well. So you guys can be praying about this new effort called Stand for Life, uh, and involved already the Alliance Defending Freedom, Embrace Grace, Heartbeat International, Human Coalition, Lifeline Children's Services, of which. Chelsea is now a part, live action, save the storks. I expect that list of organizations um, to grow. And yeah, the goal here is to make abortion unthinkable. So let's be praying with and for God's um, favor upon Stand for Life and each one of the organizations and people involved. Chelsea, as always, um, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for what you do every single day and for uh, continuing to bring these important conversations forward with us as well. Thank you, Carmen. Absolutely. That's Chelsea Sabolik. You can find her on Facebook uh, or on Twitter or just online, ChelseaPattersonSabolik.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. We talked with Charles Martin about his novels um, in the Waterkeeper series. Do you remember when we talked with um, the guys from um, for King and Country um, about the movie that they made um, called Priceless? Remember those conversations? Do you remember conversations that we've had um, about human trafficking? Yeah, we've um, we've touched on this subject. 
But we need for our awareness to be continually raised and we need to be equipped to combat it in our culture today. Um, do you remember the conversation that we had with um, um, with Hannah from Filter First? Um, part of the challenge that we face now is that technology provides a way for predators to reach right into the lives of our kids or the lives of our unsuspecting um, uh, international students or into the lives of new immigrants, um, promising things that are not what um, the person presenting them say they really are. So we're going to have a very sensitive conversation here about human trafficking with the CEO of the Foundation United. And so um, I'm going to say that if you have little ears listening and somebody who might not understand um, the kinds of conversations that we are going to have about slavery um, today in the reality of human trafficking, sexual exploitation, um, and slavery that exist right here where we live, um, then maybe this is uh, uh, an episode that you want to save to listen to later um, via podcast at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. You should be subscribed to Mornings with Carmen. Um, that way you get the show notes, which includes all the links to um, all the things that we talk about during the show and the people we talk with. So um, it doesn't matter where you live. Um, somebody is pimping out kids for sex. That That is happening within a mile of wherever you are right now. And we're going to talk about that next with Elizabeth Fisher Good. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. You're my defender You fight for me I will remember Elizabeth Fisher Good is joining us now. She's the CEO of The Foundation United. You can find what we're talking about today and lots of resources at thefoundationunited.com. Elizabeth, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, so, um, you're going to have to go kind of back to um, the beginning, like have a starter conversation with us. Assume that we don't know how bad mm -hmm. the trafficking issue is. Um, and I want to get to the place where we can talk about specifically what you're doing at the Foundation mm -hmm. United. But let's um, first establish the need. What What yeah. is human trafficking? Where is it happening? Um, why should we care? Yeah. So basically having an understanding, too, of the route, because that is what got me. You know, I moved from Chicago to Florida in 2010, and I was just trying to help with a women's event. I'd been an area pastor at Willow Creek Community Church for a decade, um, really into ministry. And when I got down to Florida and was asking, you know, what's an underdog charity that we could help raise funds for? I was told, how about the fact that our local children are being sold for sex? So I'm like, your local children are being sold for sex. What are you talking about? You know, I'm from Chicago. We know our crime. We're, we're pretty out there with our shootings or whatnot. And I thought of human trafficking as only Cambodia or over there or something international and a big white van maybe. And they said, no, in America, over half a million children are trafficked every year right here and purchased by our own buyers. And the root, and this is what got me, they said the root of it in America is that today, one out of three little girls and one out of five little boys are carrying the secret of childhood sexual abuse. 
And that abuse, depending on how it is, what it is, how it goes, often results in running away. So a child will say, like one little girl said, 11 years old, I thought whatever's on the streets has to be better than what happens in my bedroom every night with my dad and my brothers. And she ran away. What the stats tell us from there is that within 48 hours, 80% of runaways, doesn't matter what zip code, the wealthiest to the wrong side of the tracks does not matter. Any zip code in America and beyond, within 48 hours of runaways approached by a predator who is looking, scanning for vulnerable, and they just have to say, hey, are you hungry? You need a place to stay. We'll love you. Your parents must not have known how to love you. And a child is desperate for that covering. And they run right into the arms of worse than they're running away from. And then statistically, what we know is that once they're lured into those arms, they'll get them hooked on a bit of a drug or something. And then they start to sell them 15 to 40 times a day right here, all of our towns, literally for up to seven years, 15 to 40 times a day. So that's what trafficking looks like in America. And it is my heart because I was abused as a kid and there, but for the grace of God, go I. And it is growing exponentially now because of the online tactics of predators and what's happening with one out of nine children at any time in their own bedroom being approached by a predator. So it's epidemic and we do need to awaken the church to talk more about it and really to get on the front end of it and guard our kids. All right, you just um, you, people's jaws are dropping, and they are yeah. um, they're imagining that it's not happening in well, I mean that might be happening in Chicago or Florida, but that's not happening in the nice place I live, um, wherever that you know <laughs> so called nice place is. Um, one of the things that I find um, particularly impactful are these places around the country where they have aggregated information on maps to show where children. Um, have been rescued and are being served by a whole network of organizations, um, Ransomed Life just being one of them. And then they 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 put those on a map in a community. And I know that the um, um, there's a uh, there's a local news affiliate in San Antonio that has done this for the city of San Antonio. And when you look at that map and you look at mm-hmm. all of the places and all of the zip codes where Children have been trafficked because we know that because they have been rescued. There's not one neighborhood. There's not one neighborhood in those concentric circles of San Antonio, um, the inner loop, the outer loop, um, even beyond the outer loop. There's not one place where there's not an identifiable child that has been trafficked. And so when you say to us, Elizabeth, this is happening everywhere and it's happening all the time, it's safe to say it's happening within a mile of wherever Whoever's listening right now, wherever they're listening, it's happening within a mile of where they are. Like, it's crazy to imagine. And it's crazy to imagine that this is happening in America. Um, What are you and your partners doing about it? Because this, the way that you're approaching it, I think is so important um, because you are seeking to address the root cause, but then also focusing on aftercare. Yeah, well, I ran safe housing for over a decade. And what I can tell you there is every single story, over 5,800 young girls from 18 to 26, 29, they all have the same textbook story of exactly what I told you. Childhood sexual abuse entered their life when they were little and no one saw it. So literally God had given us a vision back when we started that one day there would be a foundation, which is now the Foundation United because, you know, treating the symptom, what, what your listeners need to know is that Honestly, trafficking is a symptom. Abortion is a symptom. Domestic violence is a symptom. Suicide, ultimate symptom. How the enemy wants to rob, kill, and destroy. 
he enters childhood sexual abuse, if he can't get us in the womb, sexual abuse is the quickest way to derail a destiny. So of these girls that I dealt with over 5,800, every single system had seen them. Every girl said, I was in school. My teachers told me I was stupid. I couldn't learn. What they didn't know is that I was thinking about what was going to happen when I got home that night. You know, I was arrested. Law enforcement actually pulled me over in a routine traffic stop, but the trafficker was in the front seat. They didn't know to pull me out of the car and question me and ask if I was okay. Help medical. They say that uh, 78% of ER doctors will stitch up a little kid, a little boy, a little girl, and give them right back to a predator because they don't know the signs. And in the church, I had story after story of I was abused by my youth group leader. I was raped by my Bible study teacher. My parents would, my dad would rape me and then drag me to church every week. No one knew. So these kids have been sitting in plain sight right in our own communities, being insulted even more by the negligence and not knowing the very telltale signs. So now at the foundation, we have the best partners around the world, and we are hitting all of those systems and awakening their eyes, the entire systemic scalable change. And the one for the church, we call it the Holy Spirit can opener, because you know what? Once the eyes are open, here's the truth. The stats in the church are the same as the stats outside of the walls of the church. And if you look at who's buying our children, the buyers, the men that are addicted to pornography, and then they cross the line into purchasing same stats in the church as out of the church. And it's starting with grooming. Children are exposed and they're raised after being abused into porn. And so we're just educating everybody so we can get ahead of it and help these children know that they're not bad. Help inter- you know, intervene in the lives of buyers, intervene in the lives of abuse. And all of these systems are the pathways that is making incredible change. And it's happening in America. And we're launching in churches in Germany and Africa and um, Italy. So it's amazing. Like God has exponentially accelerated it because if we don't get ahead of it, the way that the enemy is working right now with his systemic attack on the family, our future is not going to look so great. So I love that we have these solutions. They're literal keys of solutions to these issues. Okay. I want you to walk us through um, through those keys. Um, I want you to um, ex- explore those with us, but I have to ask the question that's on everybody's mind right now. Um, how, how do you not despair? Like how, how is it possible that I hear, I hear joy in your voice and I certainly hear hope? Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, cause literally I think, I think we've uncovered it. I think, I think hell has systemically been coming after our family and he's done, it's done a great job. And, you know, as being a child of child, a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, I know the shame. It's one of the only crimes and anyone that's been sexually abused out there knows it happens to you and you immediately take on the shame and and then it, it covers you and then you make another mistake or decision to cover that shame and then another one before you know it you're down a path you never thought you'd be down this ends that so i think after so many decades i feel like i had decades of preparation <laughs> and i feel like oh we now have the antidote we really do because i know that the gates of hell will not prevail the lord always provides solutions i was invited to speak in austria to the world evangelical alliance because they said there are keys missing in the church today and we believe this is one of them so i have hope because you know what i think finally the church is going to listen if the church gets this and if the church gets in position we change everything so i am hopeful okay, okay so i want you to walk us through that i want you to um help us put our hands on those keys um, so that we can unlock this where we live as well. 
We are going to continue our conversation in just a moment with Elizabeth Fisher Good. She's the CEO of the Foundation United. You can find what we're talking about at thefoundationunited.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep letting your light shine. We're talking with Elizabeth Fisher Good. She's the CEO of the Foundation United, seeking to eradicate trafficking through prevention. Um, we're talking about childhood sexual abuse, and we're talking about how to um, provide a vocabulary for our children. Um, teaching even the youngest children about safety. We're going to talk now about prevention and the keys related to this. Um, Hey, we want that Holy Spirit can opener for the church, and it starts with individual believers. So, um, Elizabeth, lead us in. Well, I'm thrilled to do this because there are so many pathways. And if you could, in your town, the beautiful thing is, yes, we are surviving on we do, we're thriving on um, donations, but what that means right now is all these programs can come into your community and they're already paid for. So we have law enforcement training. And this is just a really great one. And what I want to say to you is that I was recently with an FBI agent and they were saying that the most dangerous place for your child to be right now in America is alone in their bedroom with a smart device, a cell phone, mm. an iPhone, because predators, one out of nine children is being you know, preyed upon. And these guys are relentless. They'll post a picture of a little 14 year old boy, say, Hey, you look pretty. They'll, you know, post a little girl talking to your son saying, Hey, he could be a model. And it is all just to lure them. So we have, um, first and foremost, for everybody listening, you can go to the foundationunited.org and you can go to our resources and download all kinds of tools just to look at right now today. You could read through them. You could watch videos. You can order books starting as young as three years old for your children. And there are videos, the cool ant series you could download. This was a girl that was raised in a beautiful bubble in Pasadena. Her dad was an elder and she went to college. So she didn't have the pre precursor. So, you know, don't say, well, my child hasn't been abused and my child's not carrying a secret and this or that. If you're too sheltered and you haven't led the narrative, we have to lead the narrative. So for parents just to right now go online and download all of those and see what's uh, next step to take. But in the in the world where you live, if you have influence and you can get hold of your chief of police, we could bring in training to your community for law enforcement because we had trained over 40 agencies in Connecticut. And one of the guys that was there for 20 years, he said it was like walking in with one eye and walking out with two. We have had no idea what we were looking at. So we could bring that immediately. Or if you're in the Florida area, that's when our next one is launching February 22nd. But literally, they're all over the country. New York, Vegas, LA. So law enforcement, you can get your teams to go that way. As far as healthcare with medical, we started the system. So everything, when I say catalytic, you know, for the church, the catalytic Holy Spirit, but the catalytic scalable is for a healthcare system. So it's not about 
one doctor here, one doctor there. You, if you have connections to a system, a healthcare system, we have trained over half a million ER doctors. And they literally, I mean, they are so grateful because they've had, you know, that, that feeling in your stomach. And we always tell children, you know, the stats today say that in intuition is being um, burnt out in our kids by fourth grade. They're no longer doubting. And we know that is the Holy Spirit, right? And it, it, it's getting deadened because of all of the tactics the world is using, social media and the grooming and the sex, sexual you know, exploitation that's happening young. So we have the law enforcement arm. We have the medical arm. They're all online. You can go to the protection tab for those two. And you can just click. Everything is like, one, two, three, how to bring it to your town. One, two, three, how to present it to your chief of police. One, two, three. And then under the other one that says prevention, it's the schools and it's our churches. And there too, you could print this stuff out and walk it in. There's videos you could watch. The school, and when we say scalable solutions, it's K through 12. It's, mm. it's entire administration. You start with the superintendent because everybody needs eyes to see. We have had the best curriculum team. So this one goes in secular, Christian, it doesn't matter because K through 12 it has the vertical articulation, everything that you need for the education. I'm not an educator, but people have been blown away. One of the former leads of the Department of Justice is now heading that up for us on our team. She said, this is the best that I have seen. And so getting that into every school district near you will change everything. Because if you think about it, the enemy is relentless in getting their agenda into our schools. And this brings in not only the tips, the tools, the keys, the antidotes in a very easy way. It's not like you're being trafficked. It's not that at all. It's helping them understand what is a safe adult? What, what's a triangle of trust look like? What's the difference between a secret and a surprise? Now, these are basic mm. concepts that if everybody understood them starting, if the average age of sexual abuse is three, four, five years old, kindergarten is not too early to teach children the difference between a secret and a surprise. Everyone's excited at a surprise party, but if adult says, keep my secret, you know, and, and it's just basic. And then for the church, it's the same thing. My passion, having come from ministry, is that we get into every church because look at what's happening with the, the, the pastors falling and the affairs and the abuse. And I can tell you over the last decade, every sting that I've been involved in for trafficking, there's always a pastor. There's always a youth group leader. There's always a teacher. And we need to get ahead of it. A lot of people are drawn to these professions because they're broken. The statistics tell us that 93% um, of offenders, predators, will say they're religious. And those that say they're religious, because faith-based communities are so trusting, they have more, more victims um, by a large number than others because we've, we've opened the gates, you know, Christian camps, Christian churches. You drop your kids off, you trust that organization to have done the vetting. And these guys are sneaking in and women. And so these systems that we roll out to the church, not only do they guard the lead pastor, but when I come in and we start, you have to start at the top. So it's always an introduction to your superintendent, head of school, or to a lead pastor to say, we're here to bulletproof you. We're coming with an arsenal of weaponry so that your family, your legacy, your church, your flock is protected so that nothing sneaks in that you're unaware of so that those that are here and need healing get healed before the generational patterns. We know it sins of the father to the third or the fourth generation. And someone that's been abused, you know, abuse is learned. So it's not shame, shame, condemnation. It's it's rather confess your sins one to another. The prayer of a righteous man has authority to heal. 
So like whether it's the school system, the educators are saying, oh my gosh, we've needed this language. Like what you're bringing here, there hasn't been a grid for it, but we know it's been walking around and we haven't known how to address it. This is solutions. And for the church, the same thing. People are starving. These kids come to church on Sunday and all week, you know, we have one and a half hour with them and we have this really turnkey. Everything is in small group packaging. It's so um, easy to implement and it's so um, empowering. It, it brings healing. I had a woman that was going through it in a, a church. I got a call last night. Somebody was launching it in one of our churches and, and people are coming for like, Elizabeth, people are like, gambling's falling off. They're finally talking about they've been hiding domestic violence for 20 years. Like it just eradicates the secrets that if the top layer is free and able to talk about our secrets, then we can raise a generation without blind spots so that they don't repeat them and walk in the same ones. And so it frees the church and the children and those every, it's from leadership and it has an adult track, a women track, a young adult track, a K through 12, a six, um, yeah, a K through five and a six through 12. It's amazing. And it will empower the church to be the generation that we talk about everything and that we lead the narrative. Because if we lead the narrative, you know, everyone always says organized crime is organized. What is the church? 47,000 denominations were anything but organized. Yeah. But this is one succinct way and one tool, you know, the World Evangelical Alliance said this might be the key to really take back the territory because sexually, Satan, our children are coming to church saying, I don't know if I'm a boy. Am I a girl? I don't yeah. know. They're getting the so confusion bombarded. Is so, absolutely. And absolutely. As the church, we need to speak to it. And this is a great way to empower you to enter it in a in a way that is not scary. So I encourage okay. everybody to please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want I want to just clarify one thing because we're we're almost out of time. And Elizabeth, I want people to um to get to the right place on the website. So when if you're if you want your church specifically, um to to be able to access materials related to the church when they go to the foundationunited.com which one of these tabs are they clicking on prevention for the school okay. and the church click, click on prevention the school okay. is called speak up and the mm-hmm. program for your church is called real talk time to get real okay. so you'll totally see that and i'm going to include those direct links um, in today's show notes, so that'll make it really simple for you. But when you go to the foundationunited.com, if you're specifically looking um, for resources related to your school or your church, you click on the prevention tab. Real Talk is for your church. Speak Up is for your school. Um, the protection tab is the one that you're going to if you want to talk with medical professionals or members of the law enforcement community. I will put all the links in today's show notes. Elizabeth, we have to have you back because we ran out of time. Yeah. Can we have you? Can we have you back? Absolutely. All right. Um, so I'll just promise in the future more with Elizabeth Fisher Good. Um, thank you so much for joining me on today's uh, Mornings with Carmen. Uh, you can find today's episode later today at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. You will never stop fighting for me when I can't fight for myself. All right. Uh, I know it's been a really full day today, very focused on what it means to be pro-life or whole life or holistically pro-life. Thank you so much um, for the conversations that we've been privileged to have today. I hope you'll share today's show with someone else. I hope that you'll share it with the superintendent of your schools or um, maybe you'll share it with a teacher who can help you work your way up um, that that chain in your own school district. I hope you'll share it with your senior pastor. 
Um, I hope you'll go and look at the resources that we've discussed here today. And you'll think about um, kids in your own community, kids in your own city or state who need a forever family. Um, For those single moms in your community who need support for um, for law enforcement and others who need support in relationship to bringing an end to human trafficking. Let's be people who are awake and on duty today as Christ people. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.